morning. God bless you all. Um, I've not got a PowerPoint, so you'll have to look at me. I've put a new blouse on, special. <laughs> Weren't the girls good this morning? I'm so proud of them. They did a really good job, you know. They've gone upstairs now, so I'm not going to ask you to clap them. And now I can't find my notes. Just a minute. Okay. Father, just ask that you will bless your word to our hearts this morning. Lord, uh, enable me by your spirit to convey what you want to say to each person sitting here this morning. Just uh, bless them in the hearing. Lord, may you speak to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, because we had the girls all here this morning, the aim of that was to show you what one person can do. I've called my message today, The Power of One, what one person in history can do. Each one of those women, and I know Joan of Arc's a bit iffy, but each one of those women, she couldn't help it, everybody was Catholic at the time. Uh, <coughs> the Reformation hadn't happened. Um, but God spoke to her. You know, and I hate it when she gets done down because I think she was, did a tremendous thing, Joan of Arc. She saved France all on her own, a little farm girl. So any of you can hear that call. Any of you can hear a call of, not to save France particularly, but you can hear the call of God. And I've, I've taken my reading from, um, Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to the end. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. For all that have sinned, for all the law is sin in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him which was to come. We could talk about that line. <laughs> but not as the offence, so also is the free gift. For if the offence of one, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to us. And not as it were by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the gift, the free gift, is to many, against many offences, to justification. For if by one man's offence death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Are you reigning today? Are you reigning in life? I want to encourage you. I need encouraging too. Where am I? Verse 17. Therefore, as by the offence of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were sinners. So by the obedience of one... 
made many righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What a wonderful verse. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Anybody got sin in their life? Well, grace is abounding to you this morning from the Lord Jesus Christ. That sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ. You know, grace Grace, grace. That's what Jesus did for us. No more law. Grace. And grace is something you didn't deserve. And it has abounded to us. It has abounded to people out there. They'll only take it. If they'll only accept it. The power of one person. Here we see one man, Adam, brought sin upon the whole world. One man, the Lord Jesus Christ, removed that sin by his death on the cross. Just a little story here. There's a young boy walking on the beach with his father. And on the beach that day, there was multitudes of starfish, all washed up dead. And the little boy's walking along the beach with his dad, and he sees one of these starfish, and he picks it up, and he says, Dad, it's alive. It's alive. And he runs into the sea and throws it into the sea. And his dad says to him, See, that one, that one you have saved will make a difference. One. Do you see what I'm saying? The power of one person, what one person can do. Do, I don't know if you remember the film Schindler's List. Do you remember that film? Did you see it, any of you? And in the film at the end, when all the Jewish people who he's helped and saved um, come to him, don't they? And he, he cries and he said... This ring, I could have saved one more. If I'd sold this ring, I could have bought one more. And he was crying because he could have done more, he thought. But that one man, say, and, and the little Jewish guy said, we have a saying in Judaism that to save one, you save the whole world. Do you see the power that you have as one person? You know... When you're going through your life, you're not just a Christian ambling through your life. The things that you do count and the things that you say count. When you're helping people, when you're talking to people, I don't know what you all do in your life, but when you meet people, you have power, the power of one person to change the situation. Listen to the call. We saw the girls today here. They had listened to the call. They'd listened. They had a purpose you know, and we need to have a purpose in our life. I don't know what all your purposes are. When I was young, my purpose was to be a nurse. And from being a little girl, my mum used to make me aprons and hats, and I used to play at being a nurse with my dolls, because my purpose then was to be a nurse. But as I got older, God called me into the ministry to preach his word. And that's my purpose today, to preach the word of God wherever there is an opportunity and wherever God makes a place for me to come and worship. And I'm very grateful when the, when I get asked to speak here. You know, I love this fellowship and I love you all. But God calls us all. Can we hear him as he calls us? Can we hear him? You know, I have heard you calling in the night we sang. Think about the songs that we sang. They all fit in with this. I have heard you calling in the night. 
You know, in the Welsh Revival, can't remember the name of the guy, somebody help me, but the, the uh, man who started the Welsh Revival, God called him in the night. He woke up in the night and God called him. You know, like these people, these girls represented people who God had called Elizabeth Fry to the prisons. And we can think of Moses at the burning bush when God called Moses. Moses, is he calling you to do something for him? I'm not saying it's got to be any big great thing, but where you touch people's lives, that's what causes revival. When you tell people, when you touch people's life with kindness. When God calls you, he lets you know. And the purpose of the call is not for you. You know, you get these people who are so full of themselves, you know. and It's like, God's called me to do this, and I'm going to do it whether you like it or not. You know, that's not why God has called you. God has not called you to do something for you. He has called you to do something to affect others and affect the world. Those whose lives you will touch. Think of Gladys Aylward. Our little Jasmine was Gladys Aylward here. Gladys Aylward, the lives she touched in those Chinese places in the backwaters of China and all those hundreds of children she led over the mountains. And I love that story because when I was a little girl, keep going back to being when I was a little girl, I used to play at being Gladys Aylward and I used to pretend I had all these children coming after me over our fields singing knick-knack paddywhack and all that whatever it was the song that they sang (laughs) and uh, I was inspired by that woman you know we need to be inspired by these people this was the purpose in boot camp I wanted you to see what we do in boot camp we've we've done a series on all these people and different ones of you have come and talked about them and it's been wonderful and it's impacted the girls And they don't say much and they mess around, but it's still impacting them. We're still getting a message home that today God can use you. Listen to the call. God can use you today. He's got a purpose for your life. They're young enough to get into that, aren't they? You know, when you get a bit older, you haven't got the same, what's the name, to to do it. But you can do it. And God will give you a passion. When he calls you, he'll give you a passion to do what he's called you to do. You know, when Gary stood up and he was talking about Edmund and Edna, you know, they have a passion, didn't they? And and, and their, their daughter, Janet, has a passion. That's why they're like they are. And that passion affected Gary. It affects other people. When you're passionate about something, it affects people. And God is wanting you to um, fulfill that passion you know, when I, when I was younger, my husband left me and I was left with four children, four teenagers for that matter. It was hard. It was very hard for me on my own to keep that going. You know, and people lose their partners. They might die. The partner might die. But let's be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and let's still go on instead of leaning on every crutch. I had to do this on my own with four teenagers. I don't think I did a really good job, but they're all all right anyway. <laughs> it was hard. In Romans chapter 15, we've seen that one man 
One man can alter the course of history. Adam altered the course of history. Jesus came and turned it all around. I always think of a sock. You know when you get those fancy socks? I couldn't find one, otherwise I'd have brought one. You know when you get those fancy socks with all the fair isle up them that we used to wear when we were teenagers? If you turn it inside out, it's all messed up, isn't it? But if you turn it round the other way, you get the pattern. And this is it with Jesus. He turns us the other way. He gets rid of the messed upness of our life. We need to affect humanity. And as we were looking at the girls, I thought of Florence Nightingale, what she did in hospitals, still affects us today. She was called of God to go to the Crimean War and help those soldiers. But she brought cleanliness and the stuff that we see in hospitals today. Don't take any notice in the news. But, you know, it's good that we have the hospitals we have. And that was brought about by God using one woman, Florence Nightingale. The same with Elizabeth Fry. She was called of God to transform prison. She was a Quaker. We won't judge her for that. She was called of God. If God wants you, then he'll call you. And I believe he wants all of us in his body. Um, I was thinking as well, um, if, we, if we look at the word for one, in Hebrew, the word for one is rishon, right? Rishon. So if I want one cup of tea, I ask for rishon koste bedakashah. One cup of tea. One, just any one. But the word for, is it's interesting because if you go, if we go in our Bibles to Genesis chapter one, if you've got your Bibles, and this, I know that it's not up on the board, you usually have the scriptures up there, that's my fault for not telling, but if we go to Genesis chapter one, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said let there be light and there was light light be said la 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 light be I believe he sang it anyway that's just me I think that and there was light and God saw the light that it was good And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were Yom Echad, the first day. Echad is number one. I have Hebrew lessons online. I asked my teacher about this, and he said, oh, I've not noticed that. And he's, you know, Orthodox Jew. He said, I never noticed the difference between Rishon and Echad. But Echad's an interesting word. It's a compound unity. And God allowed the darkness to stay. Why? The darkness he called night. And the day he called Yom. The day light. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day Echad. So the darkness and the light were one. They were Echad. They made the first day. Are you getting me? This oneness, this achad. And so it's, it interests me, um, this word, achad. I'm watching the time, Richard, you're all right. <laughs> it's a compound number. In other words, more than one, in one. So 
we talk about one body and one Lord. So you're all part of the body of Christ if you've given your life to Jesus. You're all part of the Ichad, the unity, the one body. It's a mystery, isn't it? Ephesians tells us it's a mystery. At this time of the year, well, no, it's soon coming after Passover. When Passover finishes, there's 50 days, isn't there? Remember, Jesus was around for 40 of them, and then he ascended into heaven. But there's 50 days, and during those 50 days before Pentecost comes in, the Jews do a thing called counting the Omer. And this is a very interesting thing that they do. They have a measure of wheat. Now, I don't know how big that is. I don't know what an omer is. But anyway, let's say an omer in a bowl. And they meet every day for those 50 days. And they say, this is the first day of the omer. This is the second day of the omer. And they have a small service every day. They do that. And then at the end of that day, Pentecost comes in. And, of course, we know that at that time, let's have a look at Acts um, chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord in one place. Are you getting this? We're looking at the number one. It seems as if it's not important, but it is so important in God's mind. They were all in one accord in one place because they'd counted this omer and they'd done this prayer every day. And the purpose of it for 50 days, imagine doing that for 50 days. How how many months is 50 days? I know I've been saving up in a box and put. you start off on the first day, you put a penny in. And as you go on, it adds up each day. I think I'm on for 80 now. I put 80p in today. So it adds up. And Maria added up how much is in that box now after 80 days. There's, what, £39 something in it. And it's all pennies. Anyway, the idea of this 50 days of meeting and praying for 50 days. So think about how long that is. If you were coming to church every morning for 50 days to pray. And the idea in God's mind and heart is to bring that unity. That unity of people. That's why they did it. To get into unity. If we met every day for 50 days, that's the effect it would have to become one. And this was what happened when they were all there with one accord in one place. So suddenly came the sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were all appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire which sat upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow, what a revival. They started the church. Jesus used them to begin the church with the power of the Holy Spirit. What can we do when we've got the power of the Holy Spirit in us? What can one person achieve in a call of God? What can you do? You might say, oh, I'm too old for all that. But you're not. You go shopping, don't you? You meet people in Asda. I was sat at a table in Asda having a coffee, and there was a woman just came round. She said, can I sit here? I said, yeah, we had a wonderful conversation. And, you know, it turned out she was a Christian, and she prays every day in her car, every morning. Wow. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know whose life you touch, and don't be afraid to open your mouth and tell them what you are. Because this is going to affect people when you're anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
they become one body. Janice read so beautifully for us um, And I just want to look at that psalm here, Psalm 133. And it's a song of a sense written by David. Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers are dwelling in unity. The word for dwelling is shavet, it means to sit. We sit in unity. This morning, we're all here. I hope you all want to hear the message. I hope you haven't just come because it's church. You know, I hope you've come for God to speak to you and to worship him, all being together with one accord in unity. And it's interesting because I'll just say it to you in Hebrew and then, I know you don't know Hebrew, but it's nice to hear. Hinei matov umanayim shevet achim Gam yachad. Achim is brothers. Yachad is taken from the root of the word echad, together. How good and how pleasant it is when God looks at us and we are in unity. We are doing something in unity. We are in agreement. It looks pleasant. God said it's like the oil running down Aaron. It's like the snow on the Mount of Hermon. I love that psalm. It's one of my favourites. What can we do when we're in unity? Um, just a little story here. There were two groups of people and they both had a box of seed. Some of them were Christians. Well, one group were Christians and the other group were just ordinary people. And the scientist was doing an experiment. So he gave them both this box of seed. And... After a while, he came to see how the seed was growing. Now, which box do you think? Do you think, put your hand up if you think it was the Christian's box or the ordinary people the seed had grown the most? Do you think it's the Christian group? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, just a few of you. Not got much faith, have you, in each other? Okay. And how many of you think the ordinary people's? box. You do? Anybody? Yeah? Well, that's right. The ordinary people's box grew the most. Now, why did that happen? Well, when the man asked the people what they'd done, they said, oh, we got all organized and we all agreed each day what who was doing what. They were in agreement, but they weren't Christians. This is a spiritual law to be in agreement. And they asked the Christians, well, what did you do? And the Christians said, well, he said we should do this. And she said we should do that. And I think, oh dear, this is how we are, aren't we? Let's get in unity on what we believe. Because then we'll see a move of God. You know, um, I was with Jennifer uh, last week and we were praying. And while we were praying, I saw this great... We were praying about the church, and I saw this great swell. You know when you see a wave, and it swells up like that, and then comes down, like a big, big wave. But it didn't come down. The swell just kept on going, and kept on going, and kept on going. It never made the breaker. And I believe God was showing us something 
about because we were praying for the church about this church that the swell is there it's ready you know the swell in God is there but it needs to come down and make the breaker and have its effect yeah how much longer have I got me alright I'm always bothered about time So we've looked at that psalm and how lovely it is, the compound unity. And God says it's pleasant to him, how pleasant it is. And in our original text in verse 17, it says that we reign in life through one Jesus Christ. I want to see us all reigning in life. I want to reign in life, you know. I have my things, but I want to reign in life as we're all members of this body. This week I was looking at genetics. I'm interested in genetics. I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but I am interested in them. I know some of you are like all clever, but you'll know all about it. You know, the double helix and all that lot. Um, But it tells us in the Bible that when we come to Jesus, he changes us. We become a new creation. In Christ, we are a new creation. It made me wonder, I'll have to look at it a bit more, but it made me wonder what happens to our DNA. Can it change? Does anybody know? Can your DNA be changed? I wonder, you know, and I wonder if God has a, a file with all our DNA in so he knows who we all are. So he'll lift, open his file and he'll say, oh, look, there's Gary Stacy. Yes, he's got the extra bit in his DNA. He's one of us. And he'll, he'll lift the next page up and say, oh, look, there's Debbie. Oh, yes, she's got the extra bit. She's one of us. And, oh, look. There's such a body and there's such a, yeah, they're all one of us. They're the ones who are going to be part of the body of Christ because whatever God does to make us a new creation, if anyone can help me with that thought, you know, there's Steve, there's whoever, you know, there you all are in this file with your DNA in a book. I think when it says it's got all our, all of us in a book, I think it's all our DNA has got there. This is just me thinking could be totally wrong you can shoot me later uh, <laughs> tell me off later but it's just a thought that's been going through my mind because the bible says we are a new creation in christ so what does he do to make us new what's he done to make us new creations part of the old man is there yeah we fight with the old man don't we the new nature has to come up in us and we have to become That new creation, that lovely person, that Christ-like one. We're all still working at it, aren't we? I know I am. But I just thought it was a thought, you know, we're saying, I am a new creation, you know, we're saying that. Do we really realise what that is? What has Jesus done in us? He's made us a new creation in him. And he's joined us to his body, that compound unity, members in his body. I am one with Jesus but I'm also one with you lot. Yeah? Just remember, you're one with Jesus, but you're one with everybody else in it if you've been born again. You know? We all guard our own little precious thoughts, don't we? And our precious ideas. And I have some. But I'll tell you what, we have to defer to the word of God. I'm a fundamentalist. I believe what's in here... I know Gary is too. What's in here is in here. And God has given his word. And I believe this book. And never mind my ideas. Never mind them. 
even though I might have them like that about the genes. This is the book. This is the one. This is what we have to follow. To reign in life with Jesus, we have to defer to each other. Like the anointing oil running down the body, so we can reign in life. If we want to see God work in our church, we need to be in unity. And Susanna has a prayer meeting every Sunday morning. I don't know why I never get to it. I intend to. But I've got that in my heart. I do pray for Susanna with that because she's leading something that is dynamic. Don't do yourself down, Susanna. You're leading something dynamic in God. Those prayer meetings are changing the tone of all our lives. You're touching all our lives as you have those prayer meetings. And you're bringing that wave to the point of breaking. I believe God has a very special call on your life. And I know that God is going to use those prayer meetings greatly. You know, eventually you won't be able to squash in that little room. And so this morning, just bear in mind what uh, God has called us as one person, what we can do, how we can affect many people, how we can help bring many people to Jesus through one one thing and 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 uh, I read a story about a man an old man he couldn't do much so he asked this he lived in Australia and he asked this um, um, shopkeeper if he could sit in his entrance to the shop and as people came in he was giving them tracts he was an elderly man he ended up in hospital but as he was dying he discovered how many people he had touched and how many people came to Jesus through just standing out tracks? And um, one day in a in a, a a time of testimony in a big conference, this man came up, not the old man, one of the men who got the track, and shared his testimony about he how he got saved through this tract. And hundreds of people in this congregation stood up and said, "We were saved through the same thing." You don't know what you're doing. But do try, do ask God to lead you to touch just one person and see what happens from that. Amen. Amen. We're just going to have some music now so you can think about what's been said. <laughs>